Welcome to the Geek Sweat Podcast. We, we watch, watch films to save you hassle. It's another podcast with a filmmaking twist just for you. I am TJ and we will be bringing you hot topics in the film industry, inspiration interviews with IMDb listed filmmakers, review sweat on online series as a string, trailer talk on upcoming feature films and cult TV perspectives on classic shows worth revisiting. Sharing the frame with me today are Cody. Hi. King Dom. Hello. And Neo Geo. Hello. And myself. Between your ears and our voices, we take this opportunity to make the most of our podcast technology from CastBox, a new app that's available via Android for your podcast and entertainment needs. It's the one-stop shop for taking your podcast on the go. We are now recording live and direct from Ithaca House. Hello. Um, welcome to uh, the seventh Doctor um, played by Sylvester McCoy. Sylvester McCoy was, um, he's a Scottish man. He was born, um, Percy James Patrick Kent Smith. He's a Scottish actor. Um, he originally started out as, um, a member of experimental theatre group called the Ken Campbell Roadshow, where he played a character called Sylvester McCoy in a play entitled An Evening with Sylvester McCoy. Um, someone thought this was his actual name, and he, and he ended up end, uh, adding an R to Sylvester and becoming Sylvester McCoy. Um, partly because of the actor's superstition that a stage name with 13 letters was unlucky. Um, his notable television appearances before Doctor Who were on um, Tiz Was and um, uh, Jigsaw. Remember the kid show with the guy with the big nose? Yeah. He used to run around. Remember Jigsaw? I don't remember Jigsaw. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Chris Tarrant for now for some reason. Okay. Um, he, he had a small role in the 1979 film Dracula, starring Laurence Olivier and Donald Pleasance. Wow. And um, he sang with the Welsh National Opera as well, so hmm. quite oh. a so he's mixed it with renaissance man there, Sylvester McCoy. Nice. Okay, so if you remember from last time, we were talking about he ended up with the sixth Doctor, Colin Baker, getting sacked as um, Doctor Who was safe in cancellation, um, but um, it was made clear that they had to come out with a new doctor and Sylvester McCoy got the role. But, uh, the first non-proper actor to play, I mean, he is an actor, but he, he was best known as a comedian and sort of a, a experimental comedy, that sort of thing. So it's unconventional. Yeah, yeah, and he brings that into the doctor, the, the way he kind of... Um, I think of all the Doctors, even Tom Baker's, the, the seventh Doctor is the most alien of all the Doctors. Um, he starts off as quite um, benign. Um, this video starts off, actually, um, Colin Baker wouldn't come back to um, do the regeneration scene. So the regeneration scene... Because of him being sacked. Yeah, because of him being sacked. So the regeneration scene consists of um, Sylvester McCoy dressed up as Colin Baker with a blonde wig. That is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Being turned over and then regenerating into the Doctor. He then spends... That sounds uh, like meme material all <laughs> over, doesn't it? <laughs> and um, his first story is one of the worst stories ever made. It's called Time and Irani. Um, it's awful. Um, but what happened is that a new script editor was brought into Doctor Who for the Festival of Court era. His name is Andrew Cartmel. Um, Andrew Cartmel was a big 
fan of comics. He wrote for comics. He knew a lot of uh, comic authors. And he tried to bring more of a comic sensibility to Doctor Who. In, the, in his first season, there's no returning monsters at all. So there's no Daleks, no Cybermen, no Master. Um, so all new, um, all new villains for, the, for his first season. His first season isn't good. His first season is kind of, it's the production team trying to get kind of a grip on the kind of new Doctor. There's, um, uh, they're still using um, uh, writers from the art from before, whereas in the second and third seasons, they, they begin to get scripts and newer authors, and there's a, je- there's a definite change of... Um, sorry, yeah, character. Was there a conflict between the old writers and the new writers? No, no, it's just that Andrew Cartmore came along, and it was kind of like, let's um, put this kind of old... Let, let, you know, the way Doctor Who been going, kind of self-referential, kind of grinding on and people losing interest. Let's just kind of get back to basics and kind of make it a bit weird and odd again and the Doctor kind of... Were they trying to break the fourth wall, do you think? No, 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 not really, <coughs> no. But you see an evolution in the... The Seventh Doctor is different from maybe all the Doctors in that the Seventh Doctor doesn't... He's not a traveller who just sort of ends up somewhere and then kind of fights whatever's happening there. He's uh, he's a sort of um, doctor that actually plans to go to places in the future to kind of sort something out that he's seen. So he's much more of a kind of proactive doctor. He's not a, a wanderer anymore. He's not just a traveller. So he gets no caught accidents. up in adventures. Now he's he, he, they come up with a uh, nickname for him, Times Champion. So he's kind of the champion of time. He's there to fix time, and this and this means that he, he's not always the most likable doctor, yeah. or even the most or and he's not the most easy to understand doctor because as his uh, stories go on, the stories become more about the Doctor's kind of manipulation of people and his way of fixing things. <coughs> he'll leave, he, you know, things will happen like he'll get a note from his future self telling him something. So he, he uses time much more than the other Doctors to kind of be able to... So he's and there's, there's a much dark, Yeah, there's a much darker kind of um, uh, uh, aspect to his character. Um, at the end of the first season, um, Bonnie Langford playing Mal, who is his companion for the series, she leaves and is, is replaced by a character called Ace, played by Sophie Aldred. Now, Sophie, Ace is probably the first time since maybe the 60s and maybe not even then that Doctor Who has tried to portray, to come up with a character, a companion, who's actually like the youth of today and not some sort of, um, uh, uh, you know, um, well-spoken kind of middle-class yeah. English companion. She's the first kind of working class she's working class companions she's got this is a london accent yeah okay. she's she kind of she's quite violent she has she makes her own bombs called nitro nine yeah so and you know she's a breath of fresh air in doctor who so she turns up at the end of his first season season 24 i mean i do remember seeing sophie aldred and uh she's got a completely different physicality and presence because she seems like a lot taller and a lot more she appears to be a lot more capable of getting yeah. into a fight and handling oh, herself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so she seems a bit more of a badass she, she, assistant. She, yeah, yeah. And she, she carries right. Not only has she got a baseball bat, she, she's got like um, her 80s ghetto blaster. Oh, wow. She always walks around of, and her leather jacket with ace on the back and a blue cool. Peter badge. Okay. And yeah, and she's quite, you know, and she'll, um, she'll stand up to the doctor in a way that other companions won't. Mm. And um, this is very interesting. So after the first season, so... Sebastian McCoy's second season 
is a, is fantastic. And this is when the new production team really kind of gets into its stride. You've got uh, there's a story, um, the resurrection. Sorry, Remembrance of the Daleks, which goes back to the very first episode of Doctor Who with William Hartnell, with the seventh Doctor going back to correct something he forgot to do that time. Do we get to see William Hartnell? You don't get to see William Hartnell, but this happens just after the Doctor leaves Earth in um, 1963. So Aston McCoy turns up, um, or the seventh Doctor turns up, and he's for a long time he's been thinking about how to kind of figure this out. He ends up blowing up Scarrow, the the Dalek's home planet and all he the Daleks. He blows up where? He blows up Scarrow. Which is? The Dalek's home planet. Okay. So this is a very, this is a doctor who doesn't care about using violence, really. So does this mean he's he... about to start like a civil war or something like that? No, he, d- he destroys, just destroys it. Wow. <laughs> so what do the Daleks think about that? Do they um, ever get well, re- um, retribution? Because, I mean, after that, um, if, if people don't know, Sylvester McCoy is the last doctor of the um, original series. Okay. And... Um, so and Doctor Who finally is kind of turning the corner after its after its shaky mid eighties, kind of the end of Peter Davison, Colin Baker era, and beginning of Sylvester McCoy's era. His second season um, has got there's a story called The Happiness Patrol, which is is still quite famous because um, one of the, the villains, evil um, licorice all sorts. Li- yeah, yes, yes. There's I think you should like Google sorts. that and Candy you'll Man. see. There's there's a villain in it called Candyman. And he's, Based on he's the horror kind of, film Candyman. No, no, no. He looks. He, he's kind of like Bertie Bassett, but he's like an evil. Well, he, didn't Bertie he, Bassett he, try to sue the BBC when they saw it? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like he's like the torture. He's the torturer for the Queen. He, he tortures people. Am I going to see some scary for, um, pictures? Oh, it's funny. And, I, I remember um, I saw this, this when one. I was a kid, and even then I thought, "Wow, that's a bit cheeky." This one. Yeah. It, so he's a bundle of sweets. Yeah. Yeah. And he's evil to he humankind people. or kids? He's, he, heals, he heals people with sugar. That's diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> he's a walking yeah, diabetes yeah, yeah. track. And, he's, and his boss, um, she's called um, Helen A. She's yeah. obviously based on Margaret Thatcher. So this is Doctor Who going back to doing actual kind of comment on politics. Oh, wow. And uh, there's a Dennis Thatcher type character sitting in the background yeah. um, who ends up going off with his gay lover at the end of the story. Lovely. There's, there's a big um, gay um, subtext to the Happiness Patrol. Mm-hmm. The TARDIS ends up get, get, gets um, painted pink in this story. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a fantastic story. A lot of people hate it, and it's, it's not a lo- well-loved story apart from... And, and this is one of the things about the is first. Is it because it's too political? Uh, people just think it. Uh, they get the Candyman, the sort of pink Tardis. There's a lot of um, women with very short skirts in that story. It looks very colourful. It almost looks like uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky's kind of jumped into uh, Doctor Who for a little bit and just yeah. thrown the curveball at the costume design. But the thing about Fessel McCoy era is that there's a certain age group of Doctor Who fans for who, you know, Troughton, Pertwee, Tom Baker will always be, they are, Doctor, this is Doctor Who, those yeah. three, that, that's... Yeah. But for a younger, um, my, my generation Doctor Who fans, say... Uh, Doctor Who fans are about 40 now, a bit mm. later. Sylvester McCoy is their... Do- and Sylvester McCoy... Yeah. They f- um, we think as much of him as they do about Tom Baker. And, but uh, isn't that because this Sylvester McCoy corrected the errors of the yeah, 80s and, and, Doctor but, McCoy? Along with Andrew Cartwell, Doctor, the, yeah. the script editor, and, and they brought yeah. some brilliant stories. So, like I was saying, you've so you got Happiness Patrol, you've got... Um, the Remembrance of the Dalek stories. You've also got a story called The Greatest Show in the Galaxy, which is in itself a sort of comment on other sci-fi shows. What's so The Greatest got, Show in the Galaxy about? The Greatest Show in the Galaxy is about a circus, 
uh, a, a kind of um, a massive circus that goes around in space, touring space, but it's evil. This and sounds... um, they go and land on a planet, and there's one character who's sort of like um, he, he's meant to represent Star Trek, and one character ref- represents Blake Seven and stuff like that. This and sounds a little bit like Get Swifty from the Rick and Morty series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they all get all the way to the psychic circus. Okay. I don't know. Have you ever seen the um, the community episode Meow Meow Beans? Yeah, Meow Meow Beans. Yeah, yeah. the end of Meow Meow Beans. <coughs> Is um, ripped off totally of the end of Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, no, another fantastic show. And then at the end of that season, there was the Silver Nemesis, the Sideman Story. That's not so Cause great. Because Meow Meow Beans was the popularity contest that ended yeah, up yeah, in the yeah. Coliseum. Yeah, but, but they end up near the Coliseum and ju- have judge to, and jury. Yeah, that, that, that was. That, I mean, that was. Okay. Yeah, because um, Dan Harmon, the creator of. Uh, community. His is he a second, his second favorite doctor is the seventh doctor. Oh wow! So he, okay. he loves it. Just, he's same age, similar age to me. So interesting. Sebastian McCoy is such. Um, seventh doctor is such a. Um, there, there, there are fans who there are a lot of fans who he's the favorite. Even though if you read to read about him in the press, you read about him in like normal press, people would go, yeah. "Oh yeah, he was really bad." Yeah. I mean, he but still seems a bit of a joke, and he, is he that wasn't, because because everyone has stopped watching? But is so that because no. those press people were. The Troughton fans and the William Hartnell no, fans. No, I think it's because they got used to Doctor Who being a bit shit in the 80s. Oh. And then Sylvester McCoy's first season was a bit shit. Mm. So no one really gave it a chance anymore. But the second season and his last season were fantastic. Mm. In his last season, he really starts kind of... The, the, the darkness kind of... He, he takes Ace back to visit traumas of her past okay which she doesn't like because she feels like she's being manipulated by him wow. so it's actually it gets quite a, um and and this carries on after the series ends at the end of season 26 um it carries on in novels and the ace doctor relationship i want to say is on. is the seventh doctor taking ace back to visit past traumas to correct them because of his manipulative he, behaviour. Uh, in some ways, he's just sort of interested in how she'd react. Okay. In other ways, he's interested in what sort of... He, he takes her back to a, a house that was she firebombed when she was a kid. Wow. Yeah, because um, there was a racist attack on one of her friends. Yeah. And in revenge, she um, firebombed this house. So the doctor takes her back 100 years to this house mm. because she says when she's telling the story that she had a sense of evil about this place. Yeah, yeah. So he takes her back there and just like sticks her in there. And it's a bizarre story. The story's called Ghostlight. It's like a puzzle box of a story. Yeah. No one's quite sure what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's a lot. Of, um, I think they had to cut a lot of bit, a lot of out of the actual finished broadcast. So yeah. it, the, it's it's kind of the weirdest, it's too most controversial like of uh, okay. Doctor Who stories. A lot of people hate it because they say it makes no sense. Yeah. But it has some wonderful lines. There's a bit where um, a policeman turns up at the house. Yeah. And later on, he's turned into soup, and someone <laughs> takes a takes a, a taste of it and goes, mm, "The cream of Scotland Yard." Oh, interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like but, James Bond yeah. could have done with a couple of lines. So, like that. I mean, so that was in um, the last in Sylvester McCoy's last season. Also, a story called Curse of Fenric, um, which start also Nicholas Parsons was in about uh, it's called like vampires in the Second World War, but where Ace goes back to meet her grandmother, who's mm. and her mother is a baby. Okay. Her mother has a super Ted. Yeah. This is set in Second World War, so that's a bit of a continuity error. But mm. <laughs> apart from that, um, yeah. So, so this is another sort of uh, a story where the Doctor knows that this story is going to that 
what they're doing is going to affect Ace somehow, but he's still interested in kind of seeing, you know, how she'll react to all this. And mm-hmm. it's a very good story. And then finally you got um, Survival. Oh, also in that season, we get the return of the Brigadier, if you remember from the, my John Pertwee uh, episode. I was talking about the Brigadier, who's with the the third Doctor for the whole of his era. He returns um, for one story. To... But the Brigadier's an ally. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And is then... he still an ally with the seventh Doctor? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. He's still head of well, he's still part of UNIT, okay. which is the paramilitary kind of organisation within Doctor Who. And finally, uh, Doctor Who's final story in its original one was Survival. You see the return of the Master, probably the Master's mm. best story, maybe best story ever in Doctor yeah. Who. Although that's quite a controversial opinion. Who played the Master in this series? Um, Anthony Ainley. Okay. He, he was playing the master since 1980. Wow. So that's nine years he's been playing the master. Amazing. Yeah, and uh, and of course, then subsequently played by Eric Roberts and John Sim. Yeah. Okay. And which Derek, we will come and to. Jacoby. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, and so Doctor Who was really on a kind of second, on his second win. You know, it was really yeah. it kind of got back. It was it was doing interesting things. It was trying new things that Doctor Who hadn't really tried before, mm. and then. Finally, the BBC decided to cancel it, and I was nine eighty nine. Wow! And why did they cancel this time? That could be the end of the story. Um, They said, I think that was more to do with ratings and money. Were they changing the time around? The BBC really resented giving Doctor Who any money, and we're just waiting for it to. Is this that um, that guy again? Um, Is it Greg Dyke? No, Michael Gray. But he left by he left by then. Okay. Yeah. Can we talk about the costume of this yeah. doctor? Uh, because well, he... Can I say, I like the costume. He's yeah. got a tank top. But He's uh, the first uh, doctor with a tank top. But, let, but let's talk about this costume. Now, I've got a that, couple that's of pictures. Actually the, the TV, that, that's the costume TV he wore when he came back for the TV movie. Okay. So let's... Cause but it, it's, it, um, it's a tank top with question marks. Yes. Yeah. I think that's what we're dealing with here, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So let me just try do seventh doctor costume. And I think we've just gone onto some dodgy website with um, some... Uh, I think that was something you had saved on your computer oh, before. On my computer, yeah. Uh, my, my special purchase of that uh, rubber nurse suit. Um, yeah, so basically... Wow, he's that got is something a, I can't unsee. Oh, the question mark umbrella, yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, so he's got a uh, tank top, white shirt, uh, a kind of a loud red tie... And uh, what would you call that hat that he's wearing? It's like a white... Panama hat, Panama isn't it? Hat, yeah, I yeah. think they're going with the 1930s look again, which they used with the yeah. Fifth Doctor, but it's... Yeah. He could almost be an older version of the Fifth Doctor. Uh, I mean, just to cross over to an episode that we've done before, I mean, squint it in your eyes. There's an element of... Um, I'm not sure if you could say Hercule Poirot about his outfit in terms of, like... Okay, so it's a tank top instead of a waistcoat and a Panama hat, but what do you think he's trying to represent there? Like a British man abroad or what? Um, I yeah, I mean, he looks a bit like a... Yeah, I mean, that's probably a good... Yeah. Good thing, like a, an English traveller. And do you feel that giving the sense of Englishness again is important? Because what... He's Scottish. Uh, uh, yeah, but, uh, or British. <laughs> Britishness. But, but the, um, the interesting thing about this is the design as well, because like... Um, uh, King Dom's just mentioned the yeah. question marks on the tank top's good, but he's also got a question mark on the umbrella. We don't like the question umbrella. marks. Why don't you like the question Why marks? Like because it's, it's it's such a kind of it's old, too much it's so hammer on the head. Yeah. yeah. Okay, the umbrella's too much, but I like the tank top. <laughs> you know, Do you not I, like the tank I top? I prefer the umbrella to the tank top. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. one or the other, but not both. Yeah. Is that what it is? Okay. Definitely. 
Okay, cool. So what what kind of journey did Doctor Who go on after 1989 to kind well, of get back onto our screens? We're going to, um, I'm going to cover that during the next episode when I'm doing the eighth Doctor. Okay. Because, yeah, so, <laughs> so I'll cover 1989 to 2005 in the next episode. Oh, because I thought he was still the Doctor in 1996. Yeah, well, okay, so Doctor Who was cancelled in 1989. Yeah. And then the TV movie was in 1996. Oh, the TV movie movie's a new Doctor. Yeah, but okay. Sylvester McCoy is in the film we had the Because he has to regenerate. Yeah, but it was probably a mistake because when it was brought back with Christopher Eccleston, yeah. they didn't do a regeneration scene. Oh, okay. Because Russell Davis was like, no, this is too confusing. The just regeneration should have gone from McGann to Eccleston. McGann to Eccleston. They did end up showing it, though, at the 30th. The 50th anniversary, they had a special... Uh, to fix uh, it. Like a, a short film with um, Paul McGann. So why didn't McGann did do regeneration? Why scene. didn't McGann do the regeneration? Because Russell T. Later? Davis didn't want kind of to confuse new fans to kind of oh no. here's a new character oh no he's a new character now yeah 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 so he thought because they been just bringing Eccleston straight away oh, okay, okay and they, they thought because in the um, TV movie mm. Seth McCoy is the Doctor for at least the first twenty twenty five minutes yeah so if it Paul McGann is the star of that film. But if they bring yeah. him in for... Okay, it, it Did Sylvester McCoy have any regrets about how the Doctor was portrayed or how he played I think it? So. I think he loved it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And was there any significant moments of, like, fan interest that we should know about Um He McCoy's saved the actress, uh, Sophie Altered's life during the filming of Battlefield. Wow. When, how did um, that happen? Uh, she was in a water tank on the studio floor. Yeah. And the water tank, um, the glass broke. Yeah. Which meant, and all the electrical wires on the floor, it's meant that... Wow! And he managed to get her out of the, <laughs> out of the tank before she was electrocuted. That's amazing. Yeah. That's crazy. So he's yeah. a real-life superhero. He's a real-life superhero. And he tripped Which me up once in Coventry. How did he trip you up in Coventry? Um, did you know it was him? <laughs> yeah, but I was at a doctor. Did he convention. know it was you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we were at a doctor convention and... Um, there was a fire alarm, so we had to go outside and stand in like the square outside the hotel. And then when like the fire alarm had gone off and everyone it was fr- all right to go back in, they said, "All right, all, um, the the stars and anyone with disabilities can they go in first? So I went in for the kind of stars, and Sylvester McCoy kind of walked in front of me and chipped me over. So I managed to see him for seven thousand. It's not a lot, but. Yeah. <laughs> So, also, isn't um, the fact that Sylvester McCoy is Scottish, that's the reason why David Tennant doesn't do a Scottish accent, because he didn't want to be compared to okay, Sylvester McCoy? Was, okay. I didn't, I didn't Have know you not heard that? that? No, I, I didn't know. I, I never knew why Tennant had a Mockney accent. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. Like, okay. He didn't want to be compared to Sylvester McCoy. The he wanted to make it his own thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, there's my... Uh... My little look at um, Sylvester McCoy in the Seventh Doctor. Um, there's a lot more. Um, Seventh Doctor's got more stories, Doctor Who stories, than any other Doctor, I think, because in between 1996, when Doctor Who was ca- 1989, when Doctor Who was cancelled in 1996, when it, when Paul McGann was the Doctor, um, he appeared in loads and loads of books and comic strips and audio dramas. That he's probably been. The Seventh Doctor's probably been more written about than any other Doctor in a fictional setting. So, yeah, and he's my favourite Doctor. We Um, should get him in. Trip you up again. We should try and get him in. Yeah. 
I'll trip him up for you. <laughs> or we'll just, Dom can set the fire alarm off and then I'll trip him up. Teamwork. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Okay, so, yeah, so my main message with the uh, Seventh Doctor is don't listen to the naysayers. Um, forget about his first season. His last two seasons are fantastic and as good as Doctor Who has ever been. And wow, I would and and come you, and visit us. And if you, um, you want to check some stories out, I'd say go for uh, Remembrance of the Daleks, Greatest Show in the Galaxy, Happiness Patrol, Curse of Fenric, Ghostlight, and Survival. And next time, The Eighth Doctor and his short but um, <laughs> interesting uh, time. Thank you for being with us today, Cody. See ya. Thank you for being with us, King Dom. Goodbye. And we've been sound engineered by Neo Geo. Bye. And I've been your host, TJ. Uh, you were listening to Geek Sweat. Uh, these are in our end credits, as I chew my words carefully. So we invite you to subscribe as well. Geek Sweat is available on CastBox FM and you can download the app to listen to us. If you want to support the podcast by generating an interview question, being a guest or simply becoming a sponsor, please feel free to email film at instigateonline.com. This podcast thrives on listeners. So thank you for sharing your ears to show you we care. We watch films to save you hassle. hassle.